Matilda by Roald Dahl, Miss Chapter 17, Miss Honey's Story. We mustn't hurry this, Miss Honey said, so let's have another cup of tea and do eat that other slice of bread. You must be hungry. Matilda took the sl second slice and started eating it slowly. The margarine wasn't at all bad. She doubted whether she could have told the difference if she hadn't known. Miss Honey, she said suddenly, do they pay you very badly at our school? Miss Honey looked up sharply. Not too badly, she said. I get about the same as the others. But it must still be very little if you are so dreadfully poor, Matilda said. Do all the teachers live like this with no furniture, no kitchen stove, and no bathroom? No, they don't, Miss Honey said rather stiffly. I, I just happen to be the exception. I expect you just happen to like living in a very simple way, Matilda said, probing a little further. It must make house cleaning an awful lot easier, and you don't have any furniture to polish or any of those silly little ornaments laying around that have to be dusted every day, and I suppose if you don't have a fridge, you don't have to go out and buy all sorts of junky things like eggs and mayonnaise and ice cream to fill it with. It must save a, ter a terrific lot of shopping. At this point, Matilda noticed that Miss Honey's face had gone all tight and peculiar looking. Her whole body had become rigid. Her shoulders were hunched up high and her lips were pressed together tight and she sat there gripping her mug of tea in both hands and staring down into, into it as though searching for a way to answer those not-so-innocent questions. There followed a rather long and embarrassing silence. In the space of 30 seconds, the atmosphere in the tiny room had changed completely and now it was vibrating with awkward, awkwardness and secrets. Matilda said, I'm very sorry I asked you those questions, Miss Honey. It isn't any of my business. At this, Miss Honey seemed to rouse herself. She gave a shake of her shoulders, then very carefully she placed her mug on the tray. Why shouldn't you ask, she said. You were bound to ask in the end. You are much too bright not to have wondered. Perhaps I even wanted you to ask. Maybe that is why I invited you here after all. As a matter of fact, you are the first visitor to come to my cottage since I moved in two years ago. Matilda said nothing. She could feel the tension growing and growing in the room. You are so much wiser than your years, my dear, Miss Honey went on, that it quite staggers me. Although you look like a child, you're not really a child at all because your mind and your powers of reasoning seem to be fully grown up. So I suppose we might call you a grown-up child, if you see what I mean. Matilda still, still said, did not say anything. She was waiting for what was coming next. Up to now, Miss Honey went on, I have found it impossible to talk to anyone about my problems. I couldn't face the embarrassment, and anyway, I lack the courage. Any courage I had was knocked out of me when I was young. But now, all of a sudden, I have a sort of desperate wish to tell everything to somebody. I know you are only a tiny little girl, but there is some kind of magic in you somewhere. I've seen it with my own eyes. Matilda became very alert. The voice she was hearing was surely crying out for help. It must be. It had to be. Then the voice spoke again. Have some more tea, it said. I think there's still a drop left. Matilda nodded. Miss Honey poured tea into both mugs and added milk. Again, she cupped her own mug in both hands and sat there sipping. There was quite a long silence before she said, May I tell you a story? Of course, Matilda said. I am 23 years old, Miss Honey said, 
and when I was born, my father was a doctor in this village. We had a nice old house, quite, quite large, red brick. It's tucked away in the woods behind the hills. I don't think you'd know it. Matilda kept silent. I was born there, Miss Honey said, and then came the first tragedy. My mother died when I was two. My father, a busy doctor, had to have someone to run the house and to look after me. So he invited my mother's unmarried sister, my aunt, to come and live with us. She agreed, and she came. Matilda was listening intently. How old was the aunt when she moved in? She asked. Not very old, Miss Honey said. I should say about 30. But I hated her right from the start. I missed my mother terribly, and the aunt was not a kind person. My father didn't know that because he hardly ever was hardly ever around, but when he did put in an appearance, the aunt behaved differently. Miss Honey paused and sipped her tea. I can't think why I'm telling you all this, she said, embarrassed. Go on, Matilda said, please. Well, Miss Honey said, then came the second tragedy. When I was five, my father died very suddenly. One day he was there and the next day he was gone, and so I was left to live alone with my aunt. She became my legal guardian. She had all the powers of a parent over me, and in some way or another, she became the actual owner of the house. How did your father die? Matilda asked. It is interesting you should ask that, Miss Honey said. I myself was much too young to question it at the time, but I found out later there was a good deal of mystery surrounding his death. Didn't they know how he died? Matilda asked. Well, not exactly, Miss Honey said, hesitating. You see, no one could believe that he, would have ever, that he would have ever done it. He was such a very sane and sensible man. Done what? Matilda asked. Killed himself. Matilda was stunned. Did he? She gasped. That's what it looked like, Miss Honey said. But who knows? She shrugged and turned away and stared out of the tiny window. I know what you're thinking, Matilda said. You're thinking that the ant killed him and made it look like he had done it himself. I am not thinking anything, Miss Honey said. One must never think things like that without proof. The little room became quiet. Matilda noticed the hands clasping the mug were trembling slightly. What happened after that? She asked. What happened when you were left all alone with the ant? Wasn't she nice to you? Nice, Miss Honey said. She was a demon. As soon as my father was out of the way, she became a holy terror. My life was a nightmare. What did you do about it? Matilda asked. I don't want to talk about it, Sunny said. It's too horrible. But in the end, I became so frightened of her, I used to start shaking when she came into the room. You must understand, I was never a strong character like you. I was always shy and retiring. Don't you have any other relations? Matilda asked. Any aunts or uncles or grannies who would come and see you? None that I knew about, Miss Honey said. They were either all dead or they'd gone to Australia. And that's still the way it is now, I'm afraid. So you grew up in that house alone with your aunt, Matilda said. But you must have gone to school. Of course, Miss Honey, Miss Honey said. I went to the same school you're going to now, but I lived at home. Miss Honey paused and stared down into her empty tea mug. I think what I'm trying to explain to you... She said, is that over the years, I became so completely cowed and dominated by this monster of an aunt that when she gave me an order, no matter what it was, I obeyed it instantly. That can happen, you know. 
and by the time I was 10, I had become her slave. I did all the housework. I made her bed. I washed and ironed for her. I did all the cooking. I learned how to do everything. But surely you could have complained to somebody, Matilda said. To whom? Miss Honey said. In any way, I was far too terrified to complain. I told you I was her slave. Did she beat you? Let's not go into details, Miss Honey said. How simply awful, Matilda said. Did you cry nearly all the time? Only when I was alone, Miss Honey said. I wasn't allowed to cry in front of her, but I lived in fear. What happened when you left school? Matilda asked. I was a bright pupil, Miss Honey said. I could have gotten, easily got into university, but there was no question of that. Why not, Miss Honey? Because I needed, I was needed at home to do the work. Then how did you become a teacher? Matilda asked. There's a teacher's training college, Miss Honey said. That's only 45 minutes bus ride away. I was allowed to go there on the condition I came straight home every afternoon to do the washing and ironing and to clean the house and cook the supper. How old were you then? Matilda asked. When I went into the teacher's training, I was 18, Miss Honey said. You could have just packed up and walked away, Matilda said. Not until I got a job, Miss Honey said. And don't forget, I was then so dominated by my aunt to such an extent that I wouldn't have even dared. You can't imagine what it's like to be completely controlled like that by a very strong personality. It turns you to jelly. So that's it. That's the sad story of my life. Now I've talked enough. Please don't stop, Matilda said. You haven't finished yet. How did you manage to get away from her in the end and come and live in this funny little house? Ah, oh, that was something, Miss Honey said. I was proud of that. Tell me, Matilda said. Well, Miss Honey said, when I got my teacher's job, my aunt told me I owed her a lot of money. I asked her why. She said, because I've been feeding you for all these years and buying your shoes and your clothes. She told me it added up to thousands and I had to pay her back by giving her my salary for the next 10 years. I'll give you one pound a week pocket money, she said, but that's all you're going to get. She even arranged with the school authorities to have my salary paid directly into her own bank. She made me sign the paper. You shouldn't have done that, Matilda said. Your salary was your chance of freedom. I know, I know, Miss Honey said, but by then I had been her slave nearly all my life and I hadn't the courage or the guts to say no. I was still petrified of her. She could still hurt me badly. So how did you manage to escape? Matilda asked. Ah, Miss Honey said, smiling for the first time. That was two years ago. It was my greatest triumph. Please tell me, Matilda said. I used to get up very early and go for walks while my aunt was still asleep. And one day, Miss Honey said, I came across this tiny cottage. It was empty. I found out who owned it. It was a farmer. I went to see him. Farmers also get up very early. He was milking his cows. I asked him if I could rent his cottage. You can't live there, he cried. It's got no conveniences, no running water, no nothing. I want to live there, I said. I'm a romantic. I've fallen in love with it. Please rent it to me. You're mad, he said, but if you insist, you're welcome to it. The rent will be 10 pence a week. Here's one month's rent in advance, I said, giving him 40 pence, and thank you so much. Oh, how super, Matilda cried. So suddenly you had a house all of your own, but how did you pluck up the courage to tell the aunt? That was tough, Miss Honey said, but I steeled myself to do it. One night after I had cooked her supper, I went upstairs and packed the few things I possessed in a cardboard box and came downstairs and announced I was leaving. I've rented a house, I said. My aunt exploded. Rented a house, she shouted. How could you rent a house when you only have one pound a week in the world? I've done it, I said. 
and how are you going to buy food for yourself? I'll manage, I mumbled and rushed out of the front door. Oh, well done you, Matilda cried. You're free at last. I was free at last, Miss Honey said. I can't tell you how wonderful it is. But have you really managed to live here on one pound a week for two years? Matilda asked. I most certainly have, Miss Honey said. I pay ten pence rent and the rest about just about buys me paraffin for my stove and my lamp and a little milk and tea and bread and margarine. That's all I really need. As I told you, I have a jolly good tuck-in at the school lunch. Matilda stared at her. What a marvelously brave thing Miss Honey had done. Suddenly she was a heroine in Matilda's eyes. Isn't it awfully cold in the winter? she asked. I've got my little stove, Miss Honey said. You'd be surprised how snug I can make it in here. Do you have a bed, Miss Honey? Well, not exactly, Miss Honey said, smiling. But they say it's very healthy to sleep on a hard surface. All at once, Matilda was able to see the whole situation with absolute clarity. Miss Honey needed help. There was no way she could go on existing like this indefinitely. You'd be better off, Miss Honey, she said, if you gave up your job and your unemployment money. I would never do that, Miss Honey said. I love teaching. This awful aunt, Matilda said. I suppose she is still living in your lovely old house? Very much so, Miss Honey said. She's still only about 50. She'll be around for a long time yet. And do you think your father ever really meant for her to own the house forever? I'm quite sure he didn't, Miss Honey said. Parents will often give a guardian the right to occupy the house for a certain length of time, but it is always, almost always left in trust for the child. It then becomes the child's property when he or she grows up. Then surely it is your house, Matilda said. My father's will was never found, Miss Honey said. It looks as though somebody destroyed it. No prizes for guessing who, Matilda said. No prizes, Miss Honey said. But if there's no will, Miss Honey, then surely the house goes automatically to you. You are the next of kin. I know I am, Miss Honey said, but my aunt produced a piece of paper supposedly written by my father saying he leaves the house to his sister-in-law in return for her kindness in looking after me. I'm certain it's a forgery, but no one can prove it. Couldn't you try? Matilda said. Couldn't you hire a good lawyer and make a fight of it? I don't have the money to do that, Miss Honey said, and you must remember that this aunt of mine is a much respected figure in the community. She has a lot of influence. Who is she? Matilda asked. Miss Honey hesitated a moment. Then she said softly, Miss Trunchbull. <laughs>